0: The fifth episode of the Securitization Matters podcast. This is David Addis. Today we have a short podcast on master trusts, which was the subject of an Australian Securitisation Forum's evening series held on 15 May 2013. Barclay Cox of King and Wood Mallison's chaired the session, and Jennifer Schlosser, also of King and Wood Mallison's, was on the panel. We're very pleased to have them on the podcast today. After we've finished, I'll talk a little more about other points raised in the evening series. So now to Barclay and Jennifer. Barclay and Jennifer, welcome to the Securitization Matters podcast. Thanks for being with us.
1: Thanks, David, for having us. Thank you.
0: Further to the uh, ASF evening series the other week, I thought what we might do since that evening series wasn't recorded was do a quick session on master trusts, particularly for those who might not know much about master trusts. Talk about what the prospect for master trusts is in Australia and uh, we might cover off on some of the legal issues and some of the issues that were covered off in the evening series the other night. Let's go first of all to can you tell me what is a master trust and what are we talking about here?
2: Yeah, Thanks David. Um, a master trust is a securitization program that has a revolving pool of assets with multiple series of notes issued and all the notes are backed by the same asset pool the Master Trust program is flexible in that it allows the sponsor to respond to reverse inquiries from investors and for the issuance of bullet and scheduled amortization notes as well as pass-through notes and notes with shorter and longer maturities and as well as the issuance of notes on a delinked basis.
0: So these particular type of master trusts are not something we see currently in the Australian market. We have used the term Master trust previously in relation to documentation rather than master trusts per se. Do you want to just distinguish between the two of them?
1: Yeah, sure. So the, the, the use of the term master trust in traditional Australian parlance was probably a, a little bit of a misnomer in the sense that there wasn't one master trust, rather, there was a framework for the establishment of. An unlimited number of trusts, from time to time, as and when a particular issuer was needed by the sponsor to uh, to facilitate the funding of a certain pool of assets. Whereas a master trust, uh, in the context we're talking about here, uh, is a single vehicle, which, as Jennifer said, creates a program for the issuance of notes from time to time out of the one issuer, the proceeds of which are used to acquire a revolving pool of assets from time to time. And I guess that's a good uh, segue into a comparison between what we know as a master trust in the context of what we're talking about here, and say, a residential mortgage-backed securitization, which is a good way to highlight probably the key differences between a master trust and a traditional, say, residential mortgage-backed securitization. And those differences on the asset side uh, comprise, first of all, as we say, the fact that rather than a fixed pool of assets, which would typically be the case in a residential mortgage-backed securitization, uh, in a master trust, you have a revolving pool of assets uh, where the issuer sells from time to time uh, assets to uh, basically top up the pool as and when it's needed to keep the program running. The other difference is that As as Jennifer uh, foreshadowed, there is a form of over-collateralisation, but not over-collateralisation in the credit enhancement sense, but in the sense that the seller provides additional collateral over and above what is needed to back the series of notes that's issued to the market. And that over-collateralisation is effectively funded through what we call the seller share, So in a master trust, one often hears the concepts of seller share on the one hand and funding share on the other. The seller share represents what I was talking about in the context of over-collateralisation or a principal buffer that gives the issuer flexibility that it wouldn't otherwise have if it were a fixed pool. The funding share, on the other hand, represents the funding that comes from the market, and what those features do, the fact that you've got a seller share which created a principal buffer and the revolving nature of the pool give the flexibility that Jennifer described earlier to the issuer's ability to structure notes which meet particular needs of particular investors and which could have potentially hard and soft bullet maturities rather than notes issued as we currently see by residential mortgage-backed securitisation issuers where the maturity is tied to the last maturing asset.
0: Okay, so if I could put it in the context then of an ordinary RMBS where your uh, credit enhancement lies at the bottom as a separate horizontal piece, could you think of the seller share then as a vertical slice of the transaction so it doesn't form over collateralisation per se but is pari pursu with the the other notes? I think the seller
2: share um, will never... Is never intended to, to provide credit enhancement. It is over collateralization, however, and it's been suggested that it, it may be a vertical slice or maybe a senior piece of exposure in the transaction.
0: Okay, so presumably there is still the possibility of providing credit enhancement if you need it, but that wouldn't be part of the seller share, that would just be a separate note or, or exposure.
2: That's right. So you would expect in a master trust there would be various classes of notes issued just as there would be in an RMBS, and there will be subordinated notes that will comprise credit enhancement. And it may be that in Australia, an ADI sponsor will have a retained interest in subordinated notes, i.e. the first loss piece.
0: Sure. And I'm sure we'll come back to this, but uh, currently we don't have any master trusts in Australia. Do you want to, guys just want to go through why we don't have any?
2: I think the main barrier to master trust in Australia right now is APRA's APS 120 20% limit on the ADI retaining securities issued by a securitization vehicle. So when you look at the notes likely to be retained by an ADI together with the seller share piece and a master trust, that's likely going to take you over the 20% cap. And there's also technical issues with revolving structures and APS 120, particularly under attached and G. And so until those issues are clarified, it's difficult to have a revolving securitisation structure where the ADI is a sponsor.
0: Can you guys perhaps then tell us about how uh, Australian master trusts, that we might conceive them, might differ from overseas master trusts uh, that we've seen so far?
2: The structure for Australia is, is clearly not settled yet and industry participants are sp- still speaking to APRA about the structure, but the one thing that has been communicated to APRA is that there will be no time subordination of the seller share piece on an ADI insolvency. So in a UK structure um, where there is a non-asset trigger and, and non-asset triggers um, by way of background are linked to um, the sponsor bank's health so that includes things like insolvency or a breach. It also covers things like a minimum seller share requirement or minimum trust size. In the UK when those events happen, the seller share only gets repaid after the funding share has been fully repaid so so long as an, an asset trigger event doesn't occur. In Australia, very quickly, I think the ADIs realized that APRA was likely to have a problem with time subordination on an insolvency of an ADI because this could be seen as credit enhancement. So The main difference will be that there will very likely not be any time subordination of the seller share repayment on an ADI insolvency. Potentially, as well, um, the form of the seller share will be different. It could be a secured note or a secured loan. It doesn't need to be a trust interest. The drivers behind the UK structure with the, the multiple levels and three tiers and uh, the seller share just comprising a beneficial interest in a trust aren't present in Australia. And, in fact, APRA has said that they would like to see simpler structures. So there's there's good argument to simplify the form of the seller share and also to um, consolidate the number of tiers in a master trust structure. That has to be balanced, of course, against what inve- investors want to see and, and w- whether or not issuers want to follow what's already been done in the market.
0: I guess one or more, one or more tiers could also raise uh, re-securitization issues, presumably. I'm sorry, two or more tiers.
2: Yeah, that's right. Yeah, absolutely. And then the last uh, main difference, and it is a key difference, which we saw in covered bond world as well, is, is There are substantial jurisdictional uh, differences in legal analysis, including, importantly, in terms of set-off and insolvency, and that may result in a slightly different outcome from a rating agency perspective with respect to the size of the seller's share. There will also be some pretty key regulatory issues that will have to be considered in Australia that wouldn't have been considered offshore necessarily in the same
0: way. So would you like to give us a view on maybe what the likely capital treatment would be? Has anyone considered that so far?
1: Sure. To some extent, it's been considered, I guess. First of all, I think it's fair to say that it's unlikely that ADI issuers will seek capital relief in relation to the assets that have been transferred, and that therefore these transactions will be obviously what we call funding-only transactions, and that's primarily because of the size of the seller piece, which the seller uh, will need to retain for them to work economically. The other thing to observe, observe I guess, is the distinction between a master trust and a covered bond. The master trust does not give recourse to the ADI for the obligations owed under the, the funding share notes. There is no recourse to the ADI. There's no obligation on the ADI to support the transaction. so you know, they shouldn't be treated as, as covered bonds by proxy.
0: In fact, there'd be a explicit prohibition on the uh, ADI from supporting the transaction beyond the uh, I- the extent of its legal obligations.
1: One would expect, I agree, that the uh, the basic principles laid out in uh, APS 120 in this respect will apply equally to master trusts.
0: So seeing, a, unlike a covered bond where APRA's objection previously uh, particularly prior to the government guarantee, was that it, the covered bonds undermined the depositor protection provisions. In that case, we haven't got a, uh, a guarantee from the uh, ADI. So if it's on balance sheet then, is there any real objection to, from APRA's perspective to a master trust?
1: Clearly, this is a question for APRA, but we think those fundamental principles should go a long way to addressing APRA's prudential concerns.
0: Thanks very much, uh, Barclay and Jennifer, for your time, and uh, I'm sure the audience will find this description of Master trusts useful.
1: Pleasure, David. Thanks for giving us the opportunity. Thanks,
0: David. During the session, other panellists discussed some of the benefits of Master Trust securitisations compared with standard transactions. Those benefits particularly included advantages over traditional RMBS such as certainty in note maturity, cost savings, speed to market, diversity of funding sources and the ability to securitize short-dated assets such as credit cards. So I think we'll be seeing a lot more of Master Trusts in the future. Previous episodes of the Securitisation Matters podcast are still available and include interviews with John Barry, the Head of Securitisation for National Australia Bank and Chris Dalton, the CEO of the ASF. Instructions and links to the podcast are on the Cygnus Advisory blog. You can subscribe to the Cygnus Advisory blog to receive email updates and on iTunes to receive the Securitization Matters podcast automatically. This is David Addis. Thanks for listening.